Actually, in uh, chapters 1, 2, and 3, we're going to see the prediction of judgment uh, uh, on these nations. And in verse 1, we saw the introduction. And then verse 2 through uh, chapter 2, verse 13, we're going to see the judgment on the people. And in verses 2 through 9, we saw the calling out of Samaria. And now we're going to continue in uh, verse 10. And uh, from uh, verse 10 uh, through 16, we are looking at a uh, kind of a clever la uh, lament of Israel and Judah's sins. And, and we'll get into this, and you'll understand more of why I say that as we get into this. So he's going to start naming off some cities that are receiving judgment and in doing so, giving them some heads up of what God is doing and and uh, wanting them to pay attention to uh, getting things right in their lives. And, and so that's where we're at tonight. So as we get into this, though, remember, we're going to look at it on a personal side. And so I pray that uh, tonight's will be a help to you as it has been to me. So in verse 10, Micah wrote, Declare ye it not at Gath, weep ye not at all in the house of Ephrah, roll thyself in the dust. Pass ye away, thou inhabitant of Saphir, having thy shame naked. The inhabitant of Zayanan came not forth in the morning of Beth Bethazel. He shall receive of you his standing. For the inhabitant of Maroth waited carefully for good, but evil came down from the Lord unto the gate of Jerusalem. And so that's where we'll stop tonight is after verse 12, but I want to go back and I want us to give some thoughts to these cities that uh, God is, is naming off and, and starting to show them and uh, that the judgment is coming and that they need to get things right in their lives. And so he first of all, he starts off and, and he says, Declare ye it not at Gath, weep ye not at all in the house of Ephra. And, and so first of all, he, he uh, gets into this and and Gath was a city of the Philistines. So we're, we're not talking about a, 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 the Israel nation or Judah nation at all. We're, we're dealing with an unsaved group of people that uh, were, were not um, part of God's chosen nation. It was the city of Gath and, and uh, truly a bunch of enemies of, of Israel throughout the years. And so now he goes in and he tells them that, don't go running to them and, and don't go crying out to them, weep ye not at all in the house of Ephra, and, and, uh, or weep ye not at all. And then, uh, so here he's telling them that, look, we don't, we don't want to uh, announce this judgment. We don't want to let our enemies even know about this, and, and we need to guard against that. And this isn't the first time that this has happened. If you want to go back with me to 1 Samuel, you can to chapter 1, and David had just heard the news that Saul had been killed. And, uh, and, and this is what he says in uh, 1 Samuel, or 2 Samuel, sorry, I need to get this right, 2 Samuel chapter 1. I don't know why I wrote down 1 Samuel, I know it's 2 Samuel. But 1 Samuel chapter 1, and David had uh, found out that Saul had been killed, and this is what he said in verse 19. He said, The beauty of Israel is slain upon thy high places. How are the mighty fallen? 
Tell it not in Gath. Publish it not in the streets of Ashkelon. Let the daughters of the Philistines rejoice, lest the daughters of the Philistines rejoice, lest the daughters of the uncircumcised triumph. And, and so now he's saying, look, look, let's not let our enemies know that Saul has been killed. Let us not go out and, and spread the word that something bad has happened in our, in our country, and let us not uh, uh, let others know of the bad things that, that are going on. And, and as I was reading this, and I'm thinking, and I'm asking, okay, Lord, you need to help me here, and how can I apply that in my own life, and how can I use these lessons that were given in the Old Testament that could use them in my own life today? And I find it interesting that uh, Micah is a is the the same statement made by David some uh, many hundreds of years before that, and and so or a couple hundred anyway, and so. Uh, here we see that uh, making that statement, and David was trying to protect his own country. And David didn't want things to be uh, 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 spoken about his country that were bad. And, and uh, so he's telling them, oh, not to do that. And so I started thinking about this and how I need to care for the testimony of other believers and, and how I need to guard and take care of and, and, and truly guard the testimony of Platte Valley Baptist Church. And we need to learn to take care of the, the issues that we have internally. Now, I'm not talking about we, we do not cover up sin. We, we definitely do not cover up those types of sin that are against the law like some churches have done. And, and so we're, we're not talking about those things that are unethical and, and uh, unlawful. I'm not talking about that, but I am talking about how we need to guard our family. This is our family, and the family issues that take place need to stay in here, and they need to be taken care of in-house, and we need to deal with those just like we would with our own family. And, you know, we're in a society today of, of where, where we, we get on social media and just want to trash everyone and trash each other. And, and uh, I think one of the most hurtful things that we can have done in our church family is when someone gets upset and then they start trashing our our church family on on social media and letting the world see some things that that the world just doesn't need to see and and try to take that and use that as a reason why that they want to justify their unbelief and and he and he gives us warning of this and Paul did in Ephesians in chapter 4 and and in chapter 4 he said in verses uh uh, in verse 25, he said, Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. And then he goes on further down in verse 29, and here he tells us, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of thy mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away with you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. And, and so here, showing me that, that I, I do believe that, that we need to get back to the point where do we truly believe that we have a family? Do we truly believe that 
Platte Valley is a family? Do we believe that 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 this is who we are to serve God with and 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 to reach out into our community? And if we do, then we need to guard one another's testimony rather than trashing one another. And and there just is no reason for that. And and so keep the gossip to yourself or let the gossip die at your feet and and no longer and don't take it any further. And if there are issues, then go to that person biblically as it tells you to go to that person biblically and, and deal with the issue, whatever it may be. But how we need to go back and we need to guard the testimony of our church family like David guarded the nation and, and said, keep it away, don't let the news go into the uh, ears of the enemies where where they can hear this and celebrate in this and and hear the uh, in Micah, Micah saying the same thing, and and the the judgment is coming, and and you need to get your hearts right with God. But in doing so, don't be wailing in public and and letting the enemies know about what God is doing in your life. So how we need to guard our own testimony of of our church family and making it the family that it ought to be. But then he goes on and goes into a, a city of Israel and in the house of Aphra, roll thyself in the dust. You know, there's a little play with words in, in some of these in, in uh, that uh, uh, talking about the city of Gath and the pressure, talking about the name of Gath and what it means, pressure and and, and bringing tears, I believe. And, and, and so one, one said that he played with the words, weep not in tear town. And then he goes on, and, and then in this one, grovel in the dust at dust town. And uh, we, we know that uh, the, the city of uh, Aphra, that's what it does mean, house of dust. And so here he goes in and he tells them in the house of Aphra, Roll thyself in the dust. Lament together in your plight. Go and understand that as you roll yourself in the dust that you are showing a remorse and a, and a regret and a repentance in, in your life and like wearing sackcloth and ashes and, and here rolling in the dust to show that you are unworthy and, and understand that, that uh, you have done something that has upset God and how we need to come together and, and be that uh, uh, one that has that repentant heart looking for the restoration of God in our lives. And, and so there are times where we too need to do the same thing. There are times when we need to confess our, 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 uh, our sin to God. There are times where we need to confess these together. In James chapter 5 and verse 16, here it tells us, it says, Confess your faults one to another. And pray one for another, that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man worketh much. And so here to confess your faults one to another. And, and here as we think of this, and, and that roll thyself in the dust, and, and uh, be prepared for the judgment of God. Well, you know, there are times in my own life where where we need to come together and, and we need to apologize to each other and we need to confess our issues and, and we need to be transparent with what's going on in our lives and, and quit living in some hole somewhere and, or, or, or putting on some facade and, 
and letting everybody think that everything in your life is all put together and everything is good and, and there's no issues in your life when you know inside you're falling apart. And so we need to roll in the dust. We need to be repentant and sometimes we need to confess our faults one to another and, and acknowledge to people that, hey, these are the things that I'm struggling with in my life. These are the things you're struggling. I'll help you. You help me. We pray for one another. That's why, that, that's why I can't stand what we're doing right now. I mean, we need to be able to personal contact, and, and there comes a point in time where, where, where flu be damned. And we just get together and do what God tells us to do and, and to, to, to be there for one another and, and help one another and, and quit hiding out like, like, we're, like some evil demon is passing over us here and that, that is so powerful that, that we have to hide and, and, and we can't get away from this and, and it's going to eat us all like the monster that's hiding under our bed. There just comes a time where we need to come back together and, and we need, I hope that we learn our lesson from this and, and, and if there is any kind of a sense of normality come back to us that I really do hope that, that we never take it for granted again and that, that when we do come together that, that we're not going to act like a country club and we're not going to act like some, let's just get together for an hour and uh, uh, once a week and get our worship on, but let us really truly be a family of God that He wants us to be and be the kind of local church that God wants us to be. And be open with each other and help each other along the way. We're, we're weak individuals and we need help and we need God's help and, and we need encouragement from other believers and, and we need prayer from other believers and we need interaction with other believers. So we, we need to roll, in, roll thyself in the dust, get things right with God and get things right with ourselves. But then he goes on in verse 11, Pass ye away, thou inhabitant of Saphir, having thy shame naked. Saphir must have been a beautiful city because the very word means beauty. And here we see that her beauty was forgotten because her shame had brought her a nakedness. And so her thoughts and those that remembered her wouldn't remember her from her beauty, but rather would remember her for the devastation. You know, it reminded me, this is this is part that's I was sharing this in a devotion this morning. This is kind of the part that bugs me, okay, about what's going on in, in, in our country and in our world and in our churches today. And Joshua said this right before Joshua died. He said in verse 14 of Joshua 24, he said, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And it, and it tells us that in verse 24, And the people said unto Joshua, The Lord our God will we serve, and his voice will we obey. 
And, and so here they, they really look good. And, I mean, Joshua is, is going to, uh, whether he's at peace with this or not, I'm not sure because he keeps bringing it up and, and keeps bringing these things up and keeps warning them. And almost like, look, I know what you're saying, but are you really going to do this? You know, you, you really look the part, but is it really deep down in your heart that's going to change you? And, 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 and are, you, are you really going to do these things? And do you understand that you need to serve him in sincerity and in truth? Well, I don't believe they believe that at all because just in a few years, a couple hundred years, maybe a hundred and some years, I think, at the end of Judges, this is the very last verse of Judges. In those days, there were no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Didn't take very long. Didn't take very long, and they had plunged off a precipice into a river of worldliness and carnality and a place without God. Oh, they might have looked good on the outside, but they were filthy on the inside. I remember Proverbs 31 talks about the virtuous woman. And he makes a statement in verse 30, favor is deceitful. So grace and elegance. Favor is deceitful. And beauty is vain. Beauty is but a breath away and it's gone. And it's vanity. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Oh, how we see that we, we want to look good on the outside and we prim and pimp ourselves up and make ourselves look so pretty and nice and make everybody think that we're, we're doing just great and, and there's nothing wrong in our lives whatsoever and, 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 and we want everybody to think that and, and, and God is looking at us and he just continues to shake his head and, and, and he's, you know, I, I kept seeing some guy he would uh, uh, post on some of our texts I, I went for, I, I've gone for years not knowing what this means, SMH. I'm like, what does SMH mean? I finally asked the other day, it means shake my head. And I'm like, oh. So I'm sure that God's up there doing the SMH. You know, I think there's a lot of times where God's just shaking his head and, and, and wondering when we're, we're going to understand this, that, that truly the beauty that he's seeking is a, is a beautiful heart. It, it's one that that, that it, it's not a perfect heart, and, and, and it's not one that, that, that walks in complete victory. You, look, we're not going to have sinless perfection here on earth, and you ever run into a church that teaches sinless perfection here on earth, you need to run away from it as quickly as you can because it is never going to happen in this lifetime. But still, in knowing and understanding that, that, that what God wants is He wants a pure heart that that is seeking Him and, and that's diligently searching out Him and, and wanting to know more about Him and, and wanting to have victory over those things that are challenging them in their lives and, and truly allowing God to come in and, and change us from the heart inside to the outside. And, and then that's where we find the true beauty in our, in our lives. And, and here was Micah 
warning Saphir, who was so proud of their beautiful city and, and all of the things that they had and, and how great and wondrous all these things are when their hearts were deep and dark and in and, and, and a depth of sin that is bringing judgment upon them and, and how often that's the same way in our lives and how we need to get things right with God and let's be real with God. The religious zealots and the Pharisees and the Sadducees, Jesus said this about them in Matthew 15, verses 7 through 9. You hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Oh, how careful we need to be and how careful we, we need to quit listening to those that say you just need to put on a little more makeup or maybe you just need to do more of these traditions that the church teaches or more of the rituals that men teach you and, and you do these things and that's going to please God and, and God's up there doing the SMH thing. He's shaking his head at all of us because that isn't what he wants. He wants someone that's going to have a pure heart and, and come to God with pure motives, only seeking forgiveness and restoration and, and a wanting God to be revealed in their lives more and more. That's what he wants. And so we need to learn from Saphir and understand that this fleshly beauty is one day going to not work. And so we need to learn from these people. Oh, I think that these are some of the issues. I think Saphir was so caught up in themselves that they forgot God and brought judgment upon themselves. I think Aphra was the same way and not repentant of any of their behavior. So God was going to make them roll in dust and sorrow for the shame that they had brought upon themselves and how he was telling them all, don't tell your enemies. This is business between you and God that you need to deal with. But then he goes on and he says, The inhabitant of Zanan came not forth in the morning of Bethazel. He shall receive of you his standing. So here Zanan uh, uh, means to stir and kind of has the idea of, of one that would probably stir us up to do good. I'm sure that's what he's thinking about, to stir one up to serve God, stir one up to, to, to be what we ought to be and, and, and how that that Zanin could be the one that could go in and stir up Bethazel, which was a house of separation, which, which would have the idea of, of, of maybe in, in a good terms, uh, separated for God and to be used of God, and, and, and so a home of separation from the world and, and to be used of God. And here was Zanin that could come in and stir them up to do the right things, and here God is telling them that, Zanon isn't going to be able to do that at all because the judgment that's coming upon Bethazel is the same judgment that's coming upon Zanon. And they're both going to be judged for forgetting God and who they were and what they ought to be doing. And, and, and here he says, he shall receive of you his standing. So what you're receiving, he's going to get it too. They're all going to get the judgment. 
And so as I gave thought to this too, it, it does remind us of some obvious facts in our own lives and how we ought to be willing to help each other, but also how, how we need to take care of our own responsibilities. Look over in Galatians chapter 6. Start with verse 1 through verse 5. Brethren, so he's talking about those that are saved, those that know Christ as their Savior. If a man be overtaken in a fault and to, to be caught and to, to, to be caught unawares, to be surprised by, by something, he's overtaken in a fault. Ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. And, and so here it kind of goes along with Zanon, how Zanon could go in and help Bethazel, but hey, you're not going to be able to because you haven't taken care of yourself. And, and here you are, you're worried about everybody else, and now you're doing the same things that they're doing. You need to consider yourself. And then he says, bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Help each other out in this situation to, to carry one another's burdens. And, and that's a command that he's telling them. And, and, and the weights that you have that we need to help each other. And in doing so, we fulfill and complete the law of Christ. And, and, and we do this because, verse 3, For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. It's really a good idea that you always do what God tells you, and that is to walk humbly. We all need to be humble in our walk, and, and we all need to understand and realize that every one of us could fail at any time. And, and here he's showing us that, that, that uh, we, we need to look to God, and, and in looking to God, we see someone that, that's dealing with an issue, and, and they're dealing with a fault in their life, and, they're, and they've been overtaken in this, and, and we go to them, and, and we help them with that, and we lift up the burden that they are carrying, and, and show them that, hey, we need to take this burden, and we need to take it to the cross, and we need to leave it there, and, and, and as we leave it there, then we're going to get together, and we're going to walk together, and, and we're going to walk together in the, in the light of God's Word, and, and do the things that God wants us to do, and, and we're going to encourage each other in that. We're not going to overlook your sin because that's what Zanon did and that's what Bethazel did and they kept poo-pooing the idea that God's not going to do nothing about this. He, he, he loves us. We're, we're his chosen nation. There's no way that, that God's going to do anything bad to us because look at who we are. Oh, how you need to be careful when you think yourself to be something when you're nothing. And here we all need to realize that and and how we need to make sure that our hearts are right and, and we help each other. And, and then he says, but let every man prove his own work. Put to test your own work and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. You know, there does come a point in time where you need to realize that you are responsible for your sin. Your decisions that you make. Yeah, but my mom and my dad didn't treat me right. You know what? You're still responsible for your decisions that you make. Yeah, but I was just dealt a hard card in life, and, and all these circumstances just come down on my head. You're still responsible for the decisions that you make. Yeah, but you don't understand. I don't understand, but God does, and God is going to hold you accountable for your decisions that you make. And whenever we don't, we want to continue to push it aside, then we're headed for the same kind of judgment that Micah was pronouncing upon them. Oh, Zanon, 
You're, you're not going to be able to help out Bethazel because you guys are both going to go through it. How we need to learn to lift each other up and carry each other and help each other. And then also along that, don't get so dependent that everybody else is going to take care of it for you. But there still comes a time when you need to bear your own burden. You need to accept responsibility for who you are and what you're doing. You look to God and you get things right. And then the last one tonight, verse 12, for the inhabitant of Maroth waited carefully for good. But evil came down from the Lord into the gate of Jerusalem. Here again, Maroth has the idea of a bitter town. God, how could you do this? How could you allow these things to happen? How could you allow these bad things to happen to good people? Well, whose standard are you basing good upon? Our standard? Our standard's here. God's standard is one of perfection. And so when we look at it that way, we need to understand that when God says there is none that doeth good, no, not one, he includes you, and he includes me, and he includes all of our loved ones. And we can say and we can shake our fist at God and and, and we can get mad at him and say, how in the world can, God, can you allow these things to happen? Well, I, I, I just kind of wonder, uh, how, how, how often was God mentioned in your life before all these things happened to this person? And, and how serious were you about serving God before this happened? And, and this really good person, how, how dedicated were they to serving God and, and truly putting Him first place in their lives? And, and, and truly, were, were they committed to God? Were, were they good and acceptable in God's eyes? Or, or were they just a good person in your eyes and your standard? And man, I, I don't, hey, God's standard, there is nobody doing any good. Only God. And so here, we see that Maroth was, oh, they were waiting carefully. Oh, oh, these guys are bad. These guys done all of that. They deserve what they're getting, but God, you got to bless me. I mean, hey, God, I put a $20 bill in the offering Sunday. I mean, I, I gave that gal a $6 tip today at the restaurant. Or... I said hello to that vagrant walking down the street. I'm a really good person. I mean, I, I even mowed part of my neighbor's grass. And it's kind of long. It had some dandelions, so I kind of wanted to kill them. But, hey, it was nice. I was being a nice guy. God, you should bless me. I'm just kidding, okay? You're using that as an illustration. But, oh, how often we get to thinking more highly of ourselves than we should. 1 Corinthians 10, Paul wrote to the Corinthians in verse 12, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he fall. Oh, let us not think that we're past the point where God's not going to do anything bad to us. You ever seen a spoiled kid? You ever seen what? I, I remember, probably get myself in trouble, but probably 
those that be involved aren't watching anyway. So my wife babysat a little girl years and years ago, years ago. And so it's been 20 some, well, 20 years or longer. And she'd watch that little girl during the day, and she was good. I mean, she would do what she was told because my wife, you're going to do what you're told. And so she did. But as soon as mom would come and pick her up, it was like a switch got turned on and the devil arose. And I mean, she was the meanest little devil in the five minutes that her mom was there. I mean, she was all over the house. She was into everything that she couldn't get into. And, and, and it just was mighty upsetting. And you know what I, you know what I see? I see that I think we get to a point where we think that we're so good that we never deserve anything bad in our lives. And we think that God is going to spoil us like parents do. And it doesn't happen. And it doesn't work that way. God said, you want to please me? Then obey me. And if you don't obey me, my long-suffering and my patience is long. Longer than we can ever imagine. But it comes to an end. And that's what happened with Mayroth. Mayroth thought only good can come. And God said, nope. You know what? Good will come. But right now you need to be disciplined for what you're doing. And you need to get things right in your life. And it's the same way with us. And, and he tells us that, that we need to have a truly an attitude of humility. The perfect example of this is in Philippians 2. First 11 verses, I'll read this and I'll be done. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife and vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. And being found in fashion of a, as a man, he humbled himself and became him obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let us be humble. Jesus set the example. God himself humbled himself, took on himself as a form of a servant, and obeyed completely to the death of the cross. 
Oh, we know that the day is coming when every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. And we praise the Lord for that. He's given us the example. Let us not be like Mayroth and think that as a spoiled child that God is never going to do anything bad to me. He's not going to ever discipline me like they, he's doing to these other cities and in these nations and tribes around me, but God loves me special and, and I can do whatever it is that I want to and, and everything's going to be okay. And, and God is saying, look, if you want me to bless you, then you need to walk humbly with me and, and you need to understand that, that in his standard that, that he has is one of perfection and that none of us achieves that. And so, if anything, we need to walk humbly in realizing that it's through his grace and his mercy and his compassions they fail not because it's through that that we aren't wiped out. And so let us be humble. And let us learn from these cities and let us learn from these nations that Whatever comes in our lives, when sin arises and we choose to sin and God convicts us of that and shows us that we have done something that has transgressed His laws and, and, and transgressed His love, that, and it's not going to change His love for us, but, but it hinders the, re, the fellowship that we have with Him and, and He can't talk to us like He wants to, and, and so He convicts us, and when He convicts us of it, we need to get it right immediately. Because the longer we go in sweeping it under the rug, the closer we come to judgment upon our lives. Oh, I think our country's there. I think our country is, whether this is it or whether this is just another shot over the bow, I pray that it's a shot over the bow that we listen to and we truly get serious about serving God, not just giving him the lip service that the Pharisees and Sadducees did, but let us be sincere and true in our walk with him, and we'll see his blessings. It's simple. It is. I mean, it's a simple plan. Obey God and see his blessings. The hard part is that simple part, obeying, obeying. We need to obey and let us see God bless us as we walk with him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for tonight. Thank you for your word. Thank you for Micah who is willing to speak out the truth and hold nothing back but lay it out. And Lord, in doing so, not only pronouncing judgment, but we will see here towards the end of Micah that through this it brings us to a point of reconciliation and restoration, and a joy and a peace that we do not have when we have that sin in our lives. I pray you help us to cut those things out. Help us to listen to the Word of God and the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Let us be, let us be diligent in our application of your Word. Guide us and direct us. Bless us through this evening. I pray you put your hand upon all the prayer requests that we have in our church family. And I pray that you bring us back together soon. That, Father, we come together and not take it for granted, but truly 
see and understand more and more of the importance of our local church. I pray you guide us now and direct us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless. Have a good evening.